welcome to another episode of the Favorite and Fabulous Podcast. Happy Thursday. I almost said Wednesday. (laughs) Happy February. Happy Love Month. I don't know about y'all, but when February hits, it's like I just feel the love in the air. It's kind of like when November hits, you feel like Christmas. And yes, I said November, Um, but it's just, I, I love it. I love going into the stores, seeing Valentine's stuff everywhere. I love it. I love everything about it. I just love love. And to be honest, like I probably would love to get married in February some year, but someday I said some year, child, listen, <laughs> whatever. But um, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. I'm, I prepared everything for this on yesterday, but God had his own plans to get me to put this out today. So cheers to that. Cheers to just being led and just going with the flow. And I'm thankful to have you all to go with the flow with me. Listen, however God want to run it, y'all know. Um, But before I get into today's episode, I did want to say a couple of announcements too. One being that um, God led me to to pray at the river um, a couple years back. I've been doing this since like pre-COVID, but um, I would just go up there usually every week and spend some time in prayer at the river. And that's something that I still enjoy doing. And so sometimes I would post about it and say hashtag prayer at the river and it, it it's like God began to speak to me even then about what this would be. And so um, it's going to be a gathering of corporate prayer at the river. We're all going to come together and pray, um, just spend some time in the presence of God, but not only spend time praying for ourselves, but praying for each other, praying for our city, our state, you know, our country. And while this is a, a Baton Rouge thing right now, God has shown me that this will grow. And so my hopes are that People will gather at the, not just the Mississippi River, but other rivers at the same time on the same days. And we just have like an extended corporate prayer um, together. And even if it's not a river, if it's a lake or a pond or something, you know, it doesn't have to be a river, but just a body of water specifically. And I'm just thankful to God for placing it on my heart to get it started. So this Saturday, we're going to be at the Mississippi River here in Baton Rouge, the riverfront. At 8.30 a.m., we are not getting the water. Let me clear that up. (laughs) We ain't getting that water. And it's actually going to be pretty cold out there this week. So I'm like, okay, Lord, you got us out here. Please keep us warm for the time that we're out there. But um, nonetheless, I look forward to being able to continue this on the first Saturday of every month. And um, and just like I said, just joining together to pray. Like, it's just, yeah, I'm excited about it. it. It's not anything super, super formal. It's just committing a time where we can come together. And I say we as in, you know, people in the community, people who, you know, we may not know personally, but we are believers and we are a part of the body of Christ. So just being able to come together and bridge, you know, the gaps of maybe different churches or different um, parts of your journey or just different, whatever, just being able to come together at that time and pray. So I look forward to that. Also, I wanted to say, I think two episodes ago, I said that Peter wrote something, child, it was Paul. And I listened back to it and I was laughing at myself because I was like, child, I was talking so fast, but I definitely want to be a good steward of what God is doing. And I know he knows my heart and I know y'all do too, but I just want to make sure people know, I don't even remember which book I was talking about, but Peter did not write it. <laughs> Paul wrote Corinthians, Ephesians, and some most of. So I just wanted to clear that up. But also, 
I wanted to check in to see how y'all's prayer went. So feel free to send me messages or emails or whatever. You know, last week we talked about praying and I hope that you all were able to pray, you know, at in that moment or even take some time later and pray. Um, so I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to um, know what I can also be praying, excuse me, what I also can be praying for you for. So feel free to reach out, DM, email, whatever. Um, but that's all the announcements for today. I'm going to jump right into today's episode, which is called The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow. And I'm, I'm subtitling this, Nothing Even Matters. Um, and so a couple years back, I made a post on social media, but I don't know when that was exactly. But I posted a picture of some of my old journals. And I've been journaling since like maybe 2016, and I still have so many of my journals. The crazy thing is when God had me leave last year and go on my faith journey with him, my journals were one of the things that he told me to make sure that I packed and I had like a whole duffel bag full of all my journals, all my Bibles, all that stuff. Um, but it's crazy because he knew that most of my other stuff would either be given away or kind of tossed around and thankful to God that some stuff my mama has still like my some books or whatever so but anyway nonetheless ain't worried about none of that stuff but I'm thankful that God had me keep my journals and and the beautiful part of the beautiful thing about having these journals is that so many times I can look back in them and see like wow like the stuff that I was going through then doesn't even matter now I know I shared recently um I've shared a couple times actually about how my journals were actually the thing that God used to help me break cycles in my life with being wishy-washy with him, um, being in and out of situationships, but also just wanting a change and, and learning how to invite God in to help me change instead of doing it myself, which prompted this faith walk that I've been on for the last going on three years or so now and just being faithful and committed to God in, a, in an entirely different way. It was my journals that helped that God used to help bring light even to, to me. And so when I talk about my journals, you know, reading through them, they tell my story. They tell stories of trials to triumph. They tell stories of sadness. They tell stories of victory. They tell stories of um, things that were obstacles at one time. Um, but the, the crazy part about it is at any given time, and I actually did this a couple weeks ago, looked through some of them. But at any given time, the stuff that I've read in them it's like totally irrelevant today. Like whether it was about a guy, whether it was about a job, whether it was about an issue with a coworker or whether it was about an issue with my family, anything that I wrote in those journals is like not even a thing. Like some of the jobs that I've had, think about 2016, we're in 2022. I don't work there no more. I don't talk to those people. I don't know them no more or you know, situationships even. I don't talk to none of the men. Like, I, they go went their way and I went my way. Thankful to God for that. But I say all that to say there, was, there were things in those journals that were once weighing me down and, and the journals became a part of my prayer language to God. And especially during that season, um, those seasons, I'll say, and just learning how to write my prayers. And a lot of times I would write stuff in my journal and then I would spend some time looking up scriptures to... Um, that related to the things that I was going through so that I could learn to study God's word that, that way. But anyway, so last week I was 
in a little bit over my head, I would say, because there's been several things that God has told me about my life. Um, There's been some things he's told me for now. There's been some things that he's told me about for the future. And so I have this this prayer wall and I wrote a list of just about seven of those things. And granted, that's not everything. Um, I know there's so much stuff that I don't know, but even in a few things that I do know, that's not everything. But nonetheless, I wrote I wrote them all down and I put them on my prayer wall so I could start praying over them. And they've kind of been on my mind, like, oh, my gosh, like, how is this going to come together? Like, oh, my goodness, how is this going to happen? Like, where am I going to get the money to to start this? Or where am I going to find the resources to do that or whatever? And I was just a bit in over my head, just trying to figure out or consider all the, the unknown details about um, those things. And so in talking to one of my friends, I after I had had a, like, I'll say like two days kind of like waited from those things, I would just, not just those things, but I had kind of just tossed them. Like I would pick them up, put them down, pick them up, put them down. And I finally had a moment when I was by myself and I was like, you know what, God, if these are the things that you've told me about my life and again, so much more that I have no idea about, if all of that is your will and your plan, then you're going to bring the money, you're going to bring the resources, you're going to bring the, the, the connections, you're going to bring whatever is needed to make those things happen. You're going to give me the witty inventions, you're going to give me the business plans, you're going to give me whatever is needed to bring those things forth in the way that you see fit because those are your things, not my things. So I'm going to put them down. And so after having that moment with God, like I said, I was talking to a friend who had checked on me like, hey, you know, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm 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 finally getting better because I realized that none of this stuff matters. That's where nothing even matters comes from. Because I literally told her, I was like, this stuff don't matter. I said half the stuff I'm worried about today or, or thinking about today, it's not even going to be a thing in the next few months, weeks, days, years, whatever. But even in that, knowing like I just said, I shared with her also, if this is God's plan, like, then God is the one who's going to come through with the rest of it. It's not for me to try to stress or try to figure out. And so it gave me so much peace, um, just stepping in a place of victory, of just being on the on the winning team, being on a team with God that knows, look, if he's the star player right now, like, not right now, forever, if he's the one that that has has mapped out the plays that has the full vision of the game that has the full vision of my life then I have to trust in him to do it I have to trust in him to win I have to trust in him to to know every play to know every every twist and turn and everything and so it's not for me to stress about the what ifs or the hows or the wins instead it's it's up to me to recognize the hows the wins the what if none of that even matters And so um, what God was showing me, even as I was preparing this yesterday, was that good things often seem impossible. Um, Not good things. I'll say God thing. A God thing will always seem impossible. Let me correct myself on that. If it's something from God and it seems like, how in the world am I ever going to get the money to do that? How in the world am I ever going to? How in the world will this ever come together? It don't, ain't no signs of it. Ain't no, <laughs> ain't no um, money in the pot, nothing to make these things happen. 
that's when you know it's a God thing. Because I can make good plans all day, every day, and figure out how to get out here and make some money and make them happen. And, you know, that used to be my life. Like, oh, if if I say I'm going to start something, if I say I'm going to do something, then I got to get out here and hustle it up. And I know we live in a very hustle-filled culture where it's like, go do it, make it happen, be a boss, be independent, all this stuff. But when it comes to something that God has told us to do, we have to be very careful not to allow hustle hustle culture to remove us from kingdom purpose and kingdom positioning. Um, because if it's a God thing, then we have to leave room for God to actually do his thing. We can't take it over and run with it without fully even understanding God's plan in it or allowing his hand to move in it. And so I just want to encourage you on that, you know, not to be discouraged about something that seems like completely outlandish that God has told you. It, if he said it, it's going to happen. And so anyways, moving forward, today's test is, is not a, a test tomorrow. Today's test is tomorrow's testimony. And I've heard that said before. And it's so key in just being able to walk faithfully because you recognize that the things you're going through today are the same things you're going to be talking about tomorrow. Like when I was crying, journaling some of them thoughts in 2018, 2017, 2016, whenever, sometimes some of those situations seem like things that I would never get out of, like so heavy that it was like, man, will I ever feel better? Will I ever stop crying? Will I ever you know, be happy again. And and sure, I've had other moments where I felt like that. But now my mind is different because I recognize like, this ain't even my thing though. So why am I tripping if this stuff ain't even gonna matter in a, a little while? Like all these plans that God has, he's going to do, it's all gonna come together. So to stress about it is is pointless. <laughs> And so I wanted us to spend some time today looking at um, Jesus's example of this specifically. Um, if you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to um, read verses 1 through 3. And today I'm reading out, I think this is the NLT. This is actually one of my favorite um, translations. But like I said last week, you have to be very careful reading this one and some of the other ones just because of the fact that sometimes they leave out certain scriptures. So again, don't read it by itself. But um, nonetheless, I do like the way that it words the scriptures. So starting in verse one, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Amen for the reading of God's word. And so I wanted to first say that we have to learn how to put things down. And so while this is something that's easier said than done, I kind of talked about it last week with prayer being this exchange, you know, that we are able to go to God with something and put it down and then pick up his peace and pick up his joy and pick up his love. We have to learn how to put things down and leave them there. 
I have been totally guilty of praying about something and then picking it back up, of saying, God, I give this to you and picking it back up. God, I give, you know, this this prophetic word to you. I give this business to you. I give this thing to you. And then two hours later, it's taking up my whole brain all over again because I really did not put it down. And, and I thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to add in that a lot of times for me, especially early on, putting it down became a um, reflection of my trust in God because there were so many things that I couldn't trust him, not trust him, trust people with. And because of that, it made me very independent and very like, I'm going to just do it myself or I'm just going to handle it myself. And so when it came to God, I, I had that same posture towards him of like, well, I'm I don't really want to fully get this to you because I just think that if I hold on to it, I can probably handle it better myself. Or I don't know if I can really trust you to come through in the way that you've said you're going to come through or to do it in a way that, that I would enjoy. And God has had to strip that off of me because trusting him means understanding that his plans are better than ours, understanding that he truly has the full plan, the full picture of things but also recognizing that he's not like people. So a lot of times we look at God in the same way that we look at people and and, and people are going to fall short every time. We're going to make mistakes all the time. We're going to be repenting and apologizing to each other and, and making things right and, and becoming better every day because of our imperfect nature. But God is perfect. And so recognizing his perfection is the same character that we have to remember when it comes time to put something down. Because what you're putting down is a weight, is, is something, as the Bible said, that slows us down or easily trips us up. And so if we're trying to um, run this race, we have to make sure that we're not carrying extra things that, again, are slowing us down or tripping us up. And I I was talking to one of my old guy friends last night, and, and I was telling him how um, God has been having me train my body to start running. And it's very new. It's not something that I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been in it. This is like week one. Okay. So we're not long in this thing, but he did tell me to start training my body to run. And the crazy thing is I was excited when he said it to me, <clears throat> but it made, it brought up so many things from my childhood and how I grew up having asthma. And I'm talking like pretty bad asthma, being hospitalized over asthma, almost dying over asthma. Like, you know, it was it was very severe. And so I wasn't allowed to run track like my sister ran track when we were young kids. And then by the time I got to high school, I had also adopted that fear like, oh, I can't run track because I don't want to have an asthma attack. And even though the track coach was like, hey, you can come run, you know, it'll actually help your breathing. It'll help your asthma. I was very convinced otherwise, like, no, thank you. I'm not doing it. Um, but when God told me recently that I needed to start running, needed to start training my body for running, I've been like looking up all this stuff about like how to run and what shoes I'm eventually going to be able to buy and, you know, just how to pace myself slowly but surely so that I'll get there. And I know that that's something that he's going to meet me with and do. But when I think about running, you know, I've never seen a track meet where the runners are wearing fanny packs or backpacks or dragging suitcases or anything like that. You you, you want to have, they have the lightest weight clothes on possible. 
nothing's going to keep down the need for speed, okay? And so when I think about, you know, me running and God telling me to start running, it was important for me to put down the fear that was attached to that for so many years. Oh, I'm going to have an asthma attack. Oh, you know, um, what if I can't go very long or, or whatever it was that was attached to that. And it's so crazy because I was telling this friend last night, I was like, I don't have no asthma. I was like, I don't even claim asthma over myself anymore. So this time when God told me, not this time, but when God told me to start training myself to run, it wasn't a fear about asthma anymore. That's gone. I've declared victory over that. I don't even carry my, my inhaler around. I still have one, but I don't even carry that thing because um, I, I, I truly believe that I'm healed from that. But I say that to say now because of my belief in healing, for God to tell me to run, for me to be challenged to, to run, I'm not afraid of that. I put that weight down. If he would have told me that even three years ago, if he would have told me that, like I said, 10 years or so ago when I was still in high school or a little longer than that, whatever, while I was still in high school, I would have been like, um, no, sir, not going to die out here trying to run a race. But it it was important for me to put that down first. And so it's some things that we truly have to put down. We have to believe that God has healed us. We have to believe that God is with us. And we have to believe that if he's telling us to do something, he's going to carry us through. Like if God told me to run, like he's going to make sure my lungs are good. My oxygen is good. He's going to teach me how to pace myself. He's going to teach me how to get in shape for that. And so again, that's the first point. Just, just being able to run again, like the Bible says, being able to run this race with endurance, the race that God has set before us. So the second point today is fixing our eyes. Fix your eyes. And so when when we think about fixing our eyes, some people might think about staring at something or, or looking at something very steadily. It's a very unwavering look. And so this made me think about my nephew. So I have a I have two nephew, two, I'll say two and a half, because one's cooking, but um, the youngest one right now, the two-year-old, I guess the middle child, he's almost two, um, that baby can eat, okay? Listen, I've been calling him Juicy since he was really, really small, and if you pull out a snack, oh, he coming. If you say you want to eat or you want to eat, eat, he making his way across any room, he putting down any toy, he pushing anybody to the side, because he going to come get him some food, Okay. <laughs> but um, yesterday I was, while I was working on this, I was watching um, my nephews and they had gotten up from nap. So it was time for them to have a snack. And so I went over and I was like, um, do do you want a snack? No, it's the oldest one. He's like, yeah, Jackson, you want a snack? I want a snack. I want to eat. So he gets up, <laughs> he gets up from his little table that he's sitting at. And he comes over to the kitchen. Because I had asked, do y'all want some oranges? And um, so he comes over to the kitchen. I want orange. I want orange. And it's like reaching. And I'm telling y'all, I'm still peeling the orange. So when I finished peeling the orange, I looked down at him. And the way he was staring, not at me, but at this orange, <laughs> was so funny to me that I'm like moving the orange around and like watching his little head follow the orange. Because he's like, no, that's what I want. I'm looking at it and I'm not taking my eyes off of it. That's the same kind of energy we need to be keeping when it comes to Jesus. Like, eyes fixed. I see what I want. I see what I need. And I'm not taking my eyes off of it until I get it. 
And when we recognize, like God's word tells us, that he's the author and perfecter of our faith, the, the things that, that Jesus knew were going to be the outcome of the sacrifice he was making were the same things that kept him in the race. And so if we look at verse 2, it says, We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. It's so important to constantly remind ourselves of his victory, because when we remind ourselves of his victory, then we're motivated to achieve victory for ourselves, not by ourselves, but to stay in the race long enough to see the victory in our lives for ourselves. And so Jesus' Jesus's example is one that looks towards what he's, he's, he's running towards, looks towards the finish line rather than looks at the race. And sometimes we get in over our head when we are, are looking at the race and looking at the thing that we have going on right now. And so um, in Colossians 3, 2, it says, set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. It's important for us to not be looking at our present circumstances, but remembering the God who is in control of all of that. Again, I'm telling y'all, there were some things that I would write in those journals or some things that never made it to the pages of any journal that I've been through that have been very, very hard. And sometimes when things are hard, it clouds your vision. It doesn't it doesn't seem like, you know, that there's ever going to be an outcome that's favorable for you or ever going to be, you know, an end or a win. Sometimes we have to make sure we're fixing our eyes on the one who will help us to achieve the victories that he's promised to us. And so um, it just also made me think about for, for the ladies out there, you know, I don't know if y'all have ever experienced this, but or maybe it's been you <laughs> to somebody else. But like you ever been somewhere and you look up and somebody's like looking at you and then y'all make eye contact and you kind of smile like, oh, hey, you know, and then go on about your business. And then you look again and they still looking at you. <laughs> That's probably like one of the most awkward things ever Um, because it's like, why are you staring at me? And, you know, you probably can think maybe they think you're pretty or maybe they want to know more about you or maybe they're intrigued by something or maybe they're just looking at you and they want to see if you got a book in your nose. I don't know. But regardless, like that's that's the way we need to be looking at Jesus. Like every time he turn his head we still looking, we still staring, our eyes still fixed, and, and we're setting our mind on him and not on the things in, the, in our present circumstances. And so um, the last point for today is take heart. So verse three says, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. I'll read this also from my um, NASB version. It says, for Consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So when we talk about taking heart, taking heart is is having hope. It's being encouraged. It's being confident in something. And so we have to make sure that we're considering Jesus so that we don't lose heart, that we're considering his example so that we don't grow weary. Um, John 16, 33 it states that um, it says, I have told you this so that you oh, I have told you this so that you will have peace in me. 
Um, in this world, you have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's Jesus's words. It's so refreshing even to think about the fact that he's already won. Like he's already achieved a victory. He's already overcome the world. So even when we look at our present circumstances where it may be cloudy, it may not seem like the sun is coming out tomorrow, we recognize that there's already been a victory achieved and that the sun will come out tomorrow because of that victory. He says, take heart. I have already overcome the world. He's already done it for us. And again, if we stay in a place where we're reminding ourselves of what he's already achieved, then we'll also be moved to achieve that same thing. It's so important for us to recognize that he's given us the blueprint of how to do this but also the fact that we don't have to do it by ourselves. I've been led to talk about this so much lately, just this idea that we don't have to heal by ourselves. We don't have to overcome by ourselves. We don't have to have faith by ourselves. Even in these scriptures, it says that he's the author and finisher of our faith, the, the initiator and the perfecter of our faith. It's so important that we recognize the power of the presence of God in our lives and just the fact that we don't have to be out here doing it by ourselves. I can't tell y'all how many times I tried to have a relationship with God by myself without recognizing that I had to invite him in to help me have a relationship with him. It wasn't until I said, look, help me with the things that I'm struggling with. Help me break these cycles. Help me walk this thing out and live a righteous lifestyle for you that I was actually able to see some results and, and some success, if you will, with that. And so in taking heart, we have to be encouraged that we're not being forced to live a lifestyle of, of of feeling super, super positive every single day, like nothing's wrong or never having challenges or never having um, worry or doubt or anything try to attack us, but instead learning how to fight through it, recognizing that you're first of all not fighting by yourself and then taking heart and being encouraged because the victory is already yours. So again, learning to put stuff down, I know that it's tough when all you've seen and all you've experienced in your life is letdowns and disappointments and untrustworthiness and, and commitments that have been broken to you. But it's 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 time to try a commitment with the one who won't break it. You know, you're setting an appointment with the one who won't who won't change his plans, who won't change his mind. And when you're putting stuff down, you don't have to go back and pick it up. You don't have to micromanage it. I don't know about any of y'all that have worked with a micromanager, it's the worst. Like, I, I absolutely cannot stand working with people that's always coming to look over and see how I'm doing on something and, you know, make it seem like, oh, if I can help you, I don't need no help. <laughs> um, no, seriously, that's that's like the worst thing ever. Because it sometimes makes you feel like, am I not trusted to do my job? It's the same for God. Like, we have to trust him to do his job. So when it's, when I say put it down, laying down all of these weights, giving them to the one who can actually carry them, and then picking up the peace and the joy and, and the, the things that we need to actually run the race with endurance. Then, like I said, fixing your eyes on him, learning not to take our eyes off Jesus. I don't care how hard things get putting your eyes back on him. I don't care how difficult things may seem or what the outcome may look like putting our eyes on him just like my nephew in that orange that cutie I'm telling y'all the baby can eat like so just like that being able to fix our eyes on on the prize fix our eyes on the thing that we're running towards not the things that we can see right now and then finally 
like I said, taking heart, just staying in a place of encouragement, staying full of, of the joy of the Lord and just recognizing that he's already overcome. So we can and we will, too. And so when I say nothing even matters, it makes me think, obviously, of the Lauryn Hill song that I love so much. But more than that, I don't want this to be a thing where we feel like the worries or the, the pressures or the stresses that we may be having are not relevant or that they don't matter. They matter to us. So they matter to God. But the thing about it is this. When when something matters to us, we're able to give it to God and he's able to lift that weight from us so that the sun can come out tomorrow so that we can see the joy of the Lord, so that we can see the goodness of the Lord. And, and Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, um, he has made everything beautiful in this time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. Yes, so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. We don't even know, y'all. We have no full idea of what God is doing from now until the end. We have eternity in our heart, but we don't know what what the rest of our lives look like, what tomorrow will bring, what the next day will look like, what two years from now will look like. And so we have to recognize that God has made everything beautiful, even in this season. There's so many testimonies I get on here and share just in talking to people situations that didn't seem beautiful while I was walking through them, but now I can see where God needed me to go through certain things so that I could be used in his purpose and his will to help somebody else through it. And so if we recognize that he's made everything beautiful, we know that even our hardships are beautiful to him. But also we recognize that because we don't fully have a, a full understanding of the picture, we can rest in him. Like I said, I wrote down like seven things it was too much for me to, to try to imagine the full picture for all of those things and then some. So being able to put that down and say, you know what? I'm not the one who has the whole scope. I, I can't see the whole scope of your work from now until, until the end of time. And so I'm, I'm going to just choose to trust you fully with it. it. has been a beautiful thing. And then finally, Romans 8.18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of the present are not worth the present time are not worth comparing to the joy, some versions, well, it says to the glory that is to be revealed in us. And so when we think about glory, when we think about joy, when we think about the things that God intends to do in our lives, we have to stay in the victory mindset, like I've said, and, and recognize that we haven't even seen the glory that is coming to us yet. We we truly have not witnessed the fullness of all that God is doing, especially when you're enduring a hardship. Sometimes it seems like, will I ever get there? Will I ever see the glory? Will I ever get the joy? But staying in a position where you say, look, I know that the suffering I'm going to, to through today is not to be compared to the glory that I will receive. It's not to be compared to the joy that's on the other side, the, the testimony that's coming from this test, the, the endurance that I'm going to be able to to bring witness to for God like we have to stay in a mindset that recognizes that it's it's more about the finish line than the race and so I, I just hope and pray that this encourages you all to stay in the light this is a song that's called stay in, stay alive from like the 80s but lately I've been singing it I didn't even know I was singing it wrong until like two days ago but I've been saying, ha, 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 stay in the light, stay in the light. But really, they're saying staying alive. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm never singing it the right way. <laughs> I'm never going to sing it the right way because 
I love this idea of just staying in the light, trying your best to to find the light, even sometimes where there seems to be darkness. The sun can peek out of some real cloudy days. Okay, I have seen some thunderstorms, some hurricanes come through, and then you'll just get a glimpse of sunshine that peeks through some clouds, even in the midst of a storm. And so I want to encourage you that while you may be walking through a storm today, while it may seem like nothing is is going to work out, the sun will come out tomorrow and the things that matter or seem to be worrying you today will not even be a problem for you tomorrow. So I thank you so much for listening. Continue, continue to keep up your prayer lives. Um, again, I'm excited to hear if y'all want to share any of your testimonies on that. I would love to hear about them. Um, be sure to follow us on social media, on Instagram at favorite and fabulous underscore on Facebook at Favorite and Fabulous. And you can also follow me at Veronique Bailey. And remember, you are favored by God and he made you fabulous. Peace out, y'all.